Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I'm the Quacta who's calling the stifling slimy. He's, uh, check notes. He's making Bantha babies, it's Mike. Still, welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe and not so expanded universe <laughs> and whatever this is. Whatever this whatever is. Whatever Bubba Fett is supposed to be. Yeah. A little bit of both. I mean, do you really do you want to talk about this episode? Do you want to just like talk about Overwatch for for an hour or something like that instead? Yeah, I mean, when is Overwatch two coming out? Soon, hopefully. Um, Mike this could be the Overwatch really two podcast. <laughs> could we could we get some feedback if anyone in between Boba Fett and the next one is just to talk about Overwatch? Yeah, hey, if anyone plays Overwatch or anyone is going to jump into Overwatch 2, email us. Hit us up on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, play play with us. We'll play together. We'll we'll get a group together. That'll be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I would love love that. Mike Palladino, you play? What's up? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I am joking, of course. I am actually kind of excited. I think I have a lot to say about this episode. I don't know if I'm excited about it. I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm joking up top, but... um. Exactly. And, you know, we like, like, like Mikey mentioned in an email before, we, we, we like to stay on the light side of things. So this isn't a tear down. This isn't, we're going to try not to be negative about things. But I think, you know, the general vibe that I've heard from pretty much everyone has been a little bit odd for this general, general vibe. And I think, yep, saluting general vibe. Um, I, I'd like to start high level because I think that's probably what's more interesting than any of the details about what happened. And we can get to the story points at all. Is that okay with you, Mike? Can you take me higher? Can you take me? The the two voices I can do singing are like Creed and the guy from Stained. They're basically the same voice. So Yeah, let's go high level. What's up? Let's chat. So I think the first thing I want to say is, and we are guilty of this as well. The first thing guilty. we are not the the decision making at at Lucasfilm and really all major studios is very hard to pin down. Um, we were very quick to say Bryce Dallas Howard was awesome for making this episode. Dave Filoni was great for making this episode. Um, and a lot of people are blaming Robert Rodriguez for this episode. What? Um, because he directed it? Yeah, because he directed Listen, it. That's some silliness. You don't... That decision... This script was written long before he was pinned down. I, yeah. You, that's not how... I don't know. Unless I'm wrong. That's, no. not how it, that's not how it works. Directors don't come in and go... That's how it works on the movies stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I don't know, I'm going to go on a rant here. I, I do think, you know, someone like uh, who directed the last I don't know, trilogy film. J.J. Reddick, or J.J. Reddick, the basketball player? No, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Reddick. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he did have a lot of influence on on that, but that's because that's a feature film. On, on a series like this, I mean, it's... I don't know if a director can come in and materially change the direction that the writers and Disney have set up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's opaque. I think that we don't know. And if we're being honest, no one really knows. And I think you're right. I think, you know, some things have come out. And I actually, I know some sources that have been, a, you know, that are 
that that J.J. Abrams had the opportunity to be collaborative with a lot of people at Lucasfilm, including the story group, and he chose not to. He chose mm-hmm. to do what he wanted to and had the agency and the power for that. Also, um, I don't, I'm don't. i sure that Ryan Johnson had a lot of agency and power, and that's why he was able to take it in such a different direction. At the same time, a movie like Rogue One, you know, we talk about how Gareth Edwards did XYZ. How much of that movie was reshot and added in without Gareth, Ed- Gareth Edwards is pretty amazing. And so it would, it depends on the movie, I think. And with TV, you're totally right as well. I think there are specific directing decisions that can be blamed on the director, but the writing, the story points, there are a lot of story issues going on right now, and that can't necessarily be blamed for Robert Rodriguez. So your point is a great point. And I think, you know, people are, there's literally a petition I saw of, don't let Robert Robert Rodriguez near Star Wars ever again, which Shit. is so dramatic. And a funny yeah. tangent to that is I made a sarcastic joke about the spin move that Shooty Guy does, and I was how I thought that spin move was really silly in this, and I made a joke about how it ruined Star Wars for me, and we got so much more engagement on that because I used the words "ruined Star Wars." And I think that really goes to a thing that even though I was joking and I don't think anything can ruin Star Wars, it sells, you know, people get up in a fluster and engage online about it. And so these petitions and these things about this ruined Star Wars, I hate this person, they wrote, they did this bad. It really drives the conversation more than a nuanced view of like, I don't think this is Robert Rodriguez's fault specifically. Yeah. And I, so... I just want to make the point that I think with the credit and the blame, we need to keep that in mind because we're also very quick to give credit to people for the good things where that might have been a collaborative effort as well. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I agree with you. I like it. I, I don't even want to talk about the ruined Star Wars thing because I just don't even want to recognize it. <laughs> like, okay, quite, fair enough. Quite like frankly, that. I'm just like, you guys make me so tired. You, y'all make me so tired that <laughs> I just don't even want to recognize or validate your position because it's just, it, it's, just don't have time in my life for it. Yep. And so what I will say, why I put that big preface in there for this conversation is because I think we said we want to get to the end of the book of Boba Fett to make a judgment on whether or not it was successful. Mm-hmm. And that's even a hard thing to answer because looking back at it as a whole, that approach of so many cooks in the kitchen, of lots of decision makers, things changing constantly, it has produced a lots of highs and lows and the highs can be very high, but the lows can also be very low. And we had hoped that Lucasfilm had maybe been stabilizing a little bit. That's one of the things we said when we were asking, what do we want in book of Boba Fett before we saw anything is that we want this roller coaster to kind of flatten out a little bit. And that Mm -hmm. does not seem to be the case at Lucasfilm. No. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, you're unpacking a lot here. 
Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, there's a lot to talk about and it's a big weighty kind of conversation, but I think it is the more interesting conversation about this. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people are looking at is the disjointedness of the whole series. But then also the specific episode seemed to me, at least for my tastes, a low. It felt disjointed. It felt like... We're playing with our toys. Wouldn't it be cool to see Boba Fett ride a Rancor like like in the holiday special when he was riding that other big beast and then he'll fight a big robot. It's, it's like Pacific Rim. There's a kaiju and a robot fighting. And that's not that interesting to me. And it feels out of place tonally with some of the highs of this series in a very weird way. And I will say, you know, again, I, I'm all about the nuance and this is all on some sort of spectrum, but generally speaking, there are groups of audiences and very, very generally speaking, there are people who want that, you know, they want the action, the spectacle that, that is a good case for them. They'll go to a slasher movie without much there, but be really stoked about it or a great action movie. And, you know, there's no judgment on that. But judgment. It's a movie like like Godzilla versus Kong. You know, a lot of people like that movie, and that good for you. I'm stoked about it. I that is not what I'm looking for. I I want a story focused show or TV or show or movie, and that is what I am looking for in my plots. And I think you can ride that line where you can do both. But it's very, very, very hard. I'm thinking of something like maybe the first Jason Bourne movie where that movie has awesome action. The first Matrix, for example. Again, another example. They have great, great action, but the story is so good too. And so both groups of those audiences can walk out feeling good. I think Marvel's probably better at it. um, And that's because Kevin Feige, from what I understand, has a very strong hand, almost dictator-like on a lot of the story beats and the heart of the story. And he really understands the character. And so he, he really focuses on the through line of the story beats. And then they add in all the action stuff. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Lucasfilm just does not seem to have that groove. And I think they're trying to please both audiences. They're trying to get the action and the spectacle and the story but without a strong sense of that heart of the series, I, I just don't feel like either works perfectly. And instead of pleasing everyone, they're kind of half pleasing nobody. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who the audience for this show is. Yes, exactly. Or, or was. I think that's kind of what you're your tirades all about. I mean, in which I agree with, I don't know who this, I don't, I do not know who this series is for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually find that to be part of the problem. I keep thinking about in 10 years or something <laughs> when <laughs> someone, you know, if Disney plus still exists, um, signs on to Disney plus and they didn't, they've never seen Mandalorian or any of this. And, but they know star Wars generally, if they'll go, Oh, Boba Fett, I know who that is. Both at where? And then watch this and be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it, it, it could be such, because it's not for, it's not for that person. It's clearly not for someone who likes Boba Fett. 
um, <laughs> and is like a Boba Fett was an original trilogy and Boba Fett fan. It seems like it's it's specifically not for that person mm-hmm. because Boba Fett is one like we all know very absent from this storyline and two I still don't under it's it just does not Boba Fett's character just looks very confusing after this um it does not do a good job with Boba Fett it does a good job with other things mm-hmm. um but it really feels like adding the Mandalorian and baby Yoda, although those were the best parts of the show, yeah, really hurt the show. And it feels like they were just filling time because they didn't feel like it was meaty enough to launch a four or five episode thing on Boba Fett. Um, and so that audience is, when you lose the audience, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've lost everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree pretty much completely. I think this is a a note that I've hammered before, but what did this series have to say? I don't understand why you were creating anything unless there is something to say behind it. Um, You know, and that it might be something frivolous, you know, like I make music that the only thing that it has to say is like, we need to have fun and try to like be positive in a time that sucks. Like, let's just have a fun bop. Um, that, that's something to say. Um, I don't know if like this series unpacked anything about the character, unpacked anything about, you know, the audience, about this world, about, you know, wasn't even really like, hey, let's just have fun with this. Um, it it was just kind of perplexing to me, and I don't understand necessarily why this story... I, I guess I'm wondering, is this the story they set out to tell? I kind of made a joke about John Favreau sitting down at his typewriter saying, I'm going to tell the Boba Fett story, and then you know, making a wild story where the Mandalorian shows up and all this weird stuff happens and they don't really focus on Boba Fett. Like you wouldn't do that. And so is this what was intended to be told about Boba Fett? Is this what the arc was supposed to be? Or did things just go off the rails? And in a COVID world, there's a lot of ways it could kind of go off the rails. We speculated maybe they just couldn't finish it and they just put in episodes of the Mandalorian maybe. Um, or stuff didn't work, and so they switched out last minute. I don't know the answer to that, but it again, it just feels perplexing, and I agree with you, especially about the Mandalorian stuff. I mean, you know, this was a decent. This is probably a B, B plus episode of the Man, or season of the Mandalorian. You know, if this yeah. was the was literally the Mandalorian season three, I'd be like, oh, okay, weird. There was so much Boba Fett, but pretty decent episode or season of the Mandalorian. Yeah, but. If it we're looking at it as a season of Book of Boba Fett, it's it, I just it doesn't work, and I don't. Literally, the, the last shot of this series is the Mandalorian zooming off with Grogu in the back of his ship. Mm-hmm. Like he gets the hero exit of going off to hyperspace or initiating the warp drive yeah. in the Book of Boba Fett, which is yeah. an odd, an odd thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I say, because there's stuff that works well, and we're doing the high-level stuff up top, I 
I uh, I propose that we start going through this as beat by beat as we can and talk about what did and didn't work overall and then kind of revisit at the end the high level. Yeah, let's um, go for it. Just because I want to get into the episode. Absolutely. Is there anything specifically that jumped out at you first? Um, oh, man. Uh, gosh, how does this episode start? Let's so see. they're in the ruins of the, yeah. uh, the blown oh, yeah. up bar, the cantina. Well, I the I love the the guy who went to college on Coruscant and studied diplomacy. <laughs> what yeah. I forget his name, but I think he's a fun character. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of his dialogue is super well written. I think that actor is super great. I I the, he's one of the new characters who I was like fully bought into. Of like, man, this is great. This is this is a great bit of comedy. Totally. Um, and I loved. But Boba Fett is such a confusing leader about, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't really seem to have a plan ever. And, again, my biggest issue with Mo- Boba Fett is actually still his motivation. We'll yep. get to his motivation at the end of, like, but why he does things, I I don't know. It's, yeah. it's And he just takes advice from everyone. I'm saying this because, like, the mods were like, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be a part of the culture that hates the mods. I hate the mods. When they're like, we know we can't leave our town. And he's like, okay, we'll stay then. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) what? Yeah, I mean, I... Really? Like, you're just going to die for a city that I don't understand why you care about? And, like, I don't don't understand why all of a sudden you're... Like, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why you care about this town. Like, I just don't get it. Like, and why do you care about what the mods want? Like... You have no connection to this place, like, besides, like, you've worked here a little bit. I just, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that gets to the lack of the strong story through line that I was looking for with the mods and with Boba Fett. You know, you said we'll talk about it later, but you know what? We're talking about it now. Like, but Cad Bane says, what's your angle? And he says, this is my city. No, it's not. What, like, why is it your city? Like, what ties do you have to it? What, maybe there is a reason why, but they never explain it. And it's very confusing to me. It feels like, you know, people who move, there's all these people who move to Oakland and, you know, they're like, they get a tech job and move from Ohio. And then, like, they've been there for three months and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm from Oakland and like, you know. Your Oaklandish shirts on. Get oh yeah. Here. They just go. I mean, I have quite a few Oaklandish shirts. Yeah. So, I am I am I am a little bit being the what is it? The Kifling who the Quokta who called the Stifling slimy in in a little bit. But I at least grew up in the East Bay. Um it's just like an odd thing like he just like moved to the hip <laughs> the hip neighborhood of Mos Espa and he's like this is my town. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. It's it is just it is very confusing to me and to your point about the mods. I think yeah, he's a confusing leader. He kind of looks like a chump in this moment. He doesn't seem to have much of a plan and then he gets he gets moved from his plan very easily, you know? There's yeah. lots of people who are just like, "Nope, that's a bad idea." He's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Yes, right. we'll do that then." That's <laughs> yeah, his favorite I, thing to do is just agree. Okay, yeah. we'll do that. Okay, we'll do that then. And totally. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like he's just like you have no point of view. It's so funny. Okay, we'll yeah. do that then. Like really, you're just gonna yeah. okay. Here, I guess we are. It's like it's like they don't think he'll actually do it. 
mm-hmm. and then and then they do it and they're like oh okay well that was just a suggest like that was just the first idea like you can it's like they're getting ready for a brainstorming session where they're like okay here's a plan like here's an idea maybe we'll try this and everyone's just like okay that's the first idea let's do it um i don't know it's pretty yeah. funny but some other thing there are you know we're 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 harping negative on this and there are things that do work in this episode and that are fun um it wasn't a lot sadly but mm-hmm. um there are yeah. things like i made the i made the quack to calling the stifling slimy joke but um <clears throat> there's a fun little tie there if we want to get to the cad bane thing because <gasps> cad so bane sad. says so that sad. i know we what the I hell mean, before I saw the the end of everything, I wrote in my notes, "Are you okay, Mike?" Well, that's just stupid. I don't. First, I, I think I don't believe he's dead. Um, I because don't either. When when we saw him, well, it was a little confusing because that that thing on his chest is like beeping, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, is that supposed to be telling us that he's maybe alive? Still, like, I'm a little confused. Um, but I just thought how crappy to not kill Cad Bane because like if if you need to okay so be it but just to bring him in for one episode to kill him on the second episode he's in just seems like really sloppy marketing <laughs> it's like it's like they used it to bring people in but then you're going to kill this character i don't know man yeah i agree i think they're probably leaving the door open with whatever that beeping button is on his chest. I don't know why that would indicate that he's alive, but why would you put that in there if it didn't mean something? So I think they definitely will have the option to bring him back. And the other thing I'll say too is, you know, we we're going to be jumping around a lot in the timeline. I don't actually know when Obi-Wan, for example, takes place, but it's very likely that we will be telling stories that happened more during the Imperial era in live action and see some Cad Bane too. So I don't think this is the end of Cad Bane in the sense of him being dead or appearing in Star Wars. But yeah, it is odd, the, the deployment of him. I mean, he was a high point of this series. I think a lot of people were were very interested in that character if they weren't familiar with him. And then if you were familiar with him, you were just stoked to see him. But it was kind of odd to introduce this awesome villain, not tell anyone who he is, then just kill him pretty instantly. Um, I did like that they got to some of the history between the two of them. And kind of, they kind of did. I mean, they, they mentioned it, but I guess that's a, I, I'm trying not to harp on everything, but that I think the sense that I'm getting, the more I'm talking to you about it is what if they had just done less? What if, you know, the mods were taken out, even, Let's just say all the Mandalorian stuff, even though that was awesome, save that for Mandalorian season three, take that all out and let's focus on a couple strong things, really unpack the history between him and Cad Bane, really figure out all the stuff that happened between them and the bad blood and that grudge, really figure that out. That would be pretty cool. Like really dive into the Godfather and space stuff because there was some cool Godfather and space stuff in this. I wish that it would have had some space to breathe, but I like the fact that all of them had had a truce with Boba and then, you know, they all turned on him. That yeah. felt very Godfather father in space in a cool way. Yeah. So it was um, the whole, like, here's a note. 
with what I'll offer. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like that a, was all really. I, I loved that scene, and like you I mean, said, that's that actor, super Godfather. He played it so well. That was very Godfather as well. And I think there were uh, opportunities and interesting nuggets in here that I wish could have been unpacked a little bit more in a way that could have been a little slower and more focused. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't get all the cool canon spanning things where you see Luke Skywalker and all that stuff, but we could have told a very interesting story and maybe figured out more about why he has ties to most Espa. Even if the mods were in there, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mod hater, but what I said at the beginning is there are interesting things you could grow out of this seed where you talk about their influences, why they are dressed like that and their attitude and the history of all that stuff and unpack that in an interesting way. And they just didn't. They just ended up being set decoration. And that isn't interesting to me. And so I think that's one of the things I'm... But to get to something I did like, in the first interaction between Cad Bane and Boba Fett where he says the stifling, slimy thing, um, I forgot that that is actually something that Boba Fett says in Mando. Um, In season two, when he's talking to all the other Mandalorians one of them insults Boba Fett and he says, oh, that's the quack to call him the stifling slimy. And why that's interesting is because maybe that's something, since they both say it, that Cad Bane kind of gave to Boba. Maybe Boba picked it up because Cad Bane was a mentor to him. Ever since Boba Fett was a little kid, he was being mentored by Cad Bane, which none of that is in the story, really. If you know the canon, it's really interesting. And it's kind of interesting that almost a father figure after losing his actual father is now drawing down on him with a blaster pistol. That's some cool stuff. And, but it's just not unpacked. Yeah. Um, I, it's tough because I love Cad Bane. Like he's one of my favorite characters, but yeah, it just, he was, he was ill used in this. And for people who don't know who he is, like I, you know, if I'm if I'm having to explain to my wife the whole time what's going on, yeah. to me it's not successful because mm-hmm. not everyone can be watching it next to a nerd, like an alpha nerd <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's... Uh, and now that I'm talking about I didn't even remember this point. Do you remember in the flashbacks and things like that, they added all these scenes of Django flying away from Camino. Yeah, never resolved those either. Boba looking longingly. And those it, were beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. And it almost set up this father dynamic of, you know, Django's leaving me. And then we see the scene where he sees Django Fett die. He sees his dad die. And that's, again, you see those flashbacks. And it could be setting up a very interesting thing. And then this father figure enters the story at some point. That's some great stuff to unpack. But... And it would have answered all those questions. You wouldn't have to have the Uber nerd next to you because they would unpack this history. It would unpack all these little things that you don't need to be a canon detective to know about. But they just didn't seem like they could either, one, pull it off with maybe it's COVID stuff. Maybe there were reasons why they couldn't necessarily do it or they didn't seem interested in that. And, um, yeah, it, it yeah. just seems odd. So like, there was a lot of potential left on the table. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of questionable decisions made. I would have just not brought Cad Bane into this at all if that's how it was going to be treated, honestly. It just, 
Um, it felt it just felt like a cheap trick, just misused and mm-hmm. yeah. it will sell toys though. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if your if your parents are letting their kids watch the show. Yeah, I mean, this unfortunately, is, is pretty adult. Do you think mature. kids kids are the ones that are buying Star Wars toys nowadays? No, it is definitely not. <laughs> I think a lot of thirty five year olds are going to pick up some Cad Bane action yeah. figures when they come out with the Black Series, Boca Boba Fett version. Yeah, that's very real. Um, I didn't God. remember though for Cad Bane. You know, there were people were talking about him looking strange, and I still don't. I still think he looks very cool, but he just had like unwavering stink <sighs> face. This entire yeah. series, <laughs> yeah. Like I like his teeth, but I can't. T- I but they, <laughs> they have too much of a prominent. Like there's just too much focus on the teeth. I think it's it's it feels like he just had ribs, and he's like, <laughs> and you're just watching someone who had just had ribs, like trying to talk, but also like be maybe hiddenly self conscious that something's in their teeth. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to me. And I just, I do, I remember at least, and maybe I'm misremembering in the animated series, he had kind of more uh, friendly farmer. That was kind of a cool thing about him is he'd have that vibe of like, hey, I'm just like a chill guy sitting with my feet up. And then he would get scary, you know? And I just feel like that there wasn't that switch. He just, it feels like they just had one mask where it's like he has a scowl on the mask and that's the only face he can make. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He was a lot scarier. My wife did say that it scared, like it scared her to watch him. She did not like it. Yeah, he did feel very menacing, which I think that was effective. And he felt like a threat from the start. When he got here, which I think is a great, a great addition to that character. You really want to convey how dangerous he is. Yeah. So to that degree, successful. I, I mean, okay. So they're, they're in this bunker. He gets drawn out with, uh, you know, okay. First of all, Mando shows up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. Also prior to that space, Amy Sedaris. (laughs) baby yoda shows up and what i'm assuming is luke skywalker it's got to be right i mean r2 is driving it and it just makes sense that's his his x-wing yep so that's how we know the choice is made none of us i don't think anyone's surprised nope I, i mean i specifically called it but i don't think anyone is surprised i think that is what i am surprised that they answered it so quickly. Huh. I assume that would be something. Because again, going to the disjointedness of this and kind of jumping back and forth, I feel like if they opened Mando season three with it with the choice, then you can kind of fill in the gaps pretty easily. But imagine you didn't watch anything in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Then the last thing you remember, Luke Skywalker takes takes Grogu away. Then yeah. the next thing you see. He's with Mando, and you don't like you don't know why. Yeah, so it's that's gonna be odd. weird. It's gonna be weird that this is required reading for that show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but some some fun aspects of this is Grogu eats dung worms, which is uh, very cute. Um, I also learned that that is a reference, a deep cut from the Phantom Menace video game, and they are literally. Worms from poop. So All right. that's very cool. <laughs> I mean, respect. Does this mean so I'm so can, canonically I'm a little interested because like I said, I knew that this was going to be the choice because they in canon mentioned that Kylo Ren 
at the time, Ben Solo was Luke's first student. And from what I remember, he joins the Jedi Academy when he's 14 years old. And this takes place in 9 BBY, which is, I think, the year that Kylo slash Ben is born. So does that mean that Luke just like chills for 14 years before starting his school? Like he just builds the school, has a cool, cool campus, but just doesn't take on a studio. Like he's just broken by Grogu (laughs) telling him no. And he has to go back and rethink his life for 14 years. Hmm. Or maybe is he like, he's probably out fundraising. Oh yeah. That's probably true. He's got a lot of soirees. He's doing just a lot of, yeah, just fundraiser now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm starting a school. <laughs> He's at Coruscant, just at swanky parties. Like, uh, yeah. hey, I'm the guy who blew up the Death Star. Totally. Like, he's he's kind of, he's just put on display like a war hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 is interesting. I wonder if they're going to ever fill in some of the gaps about what happened there. My math might be wrong, but, you know, the, the core of it is... Um, that I think it's interesting. There's going to be quite a, a gap, whatever that number of years is between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, they'll, they'll probably answer it. They'll probably answer everything, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all going to be answered and we'll be in a show. And I'm stoked for that. Even though this is probably the most unsuccessful live show Star Wars has made. They haven't made many. <laughs> this yeah. is the second. I still love being there, would loved being there weekly and getting new stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, so I welcome them filling in the gaps, honestly. I, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where they've gone so far that I'm like, you know what, just keep going. Like at, at this point, just keep going. If like that's how far we're going into this, where we're going to have Luke Skywalker be with him for a meaningful amount of time besides yeah. like the the maybe two minutes in total in the Mandalorian. Okay, let's like let's full tilt into it then. Like give us the show. Like yep. let's do it. Totally. Um but going in sequence, I'm I'm kind of watching along. So we talked about some Cad Bane stuff. I have a couple other Cad Bane thoughts, but he shows up later so we can talk about that. But this is the cool the next thing that I thought was interesting was the cool Godfather in space thing. And I did think this was set up of the pipe or the mods being like, hey, something's weird and that weird feeling that just something is off. And then all of a sudden the locals start attacking. Mm. I thought, again, cool, cool sabotage intrigue from a Godfather in space aspect. Um, I do wish, I mean, pour one out for our unnamed Gamorrean guards. Um, oh, yeah, he just got pushed off a cliff. Yeah, which is a brutal death. Um, but, you know, they... They didn't really develop those characters, so I don't think that really had much of an impact other than just like, oh, those were fun characters and now they're dead. I kind of would have preferred something a little more significant. I know at least I had floated the idea that maybe this was ending the Boba Fett story. Not necessarily that he had to die, um, but that was interesting. Maybe Chrysanthemum falling, but... Oh, no way, man. Yeah, I mean, I that, but they didn't develop him very much either. I just thought, like, there wasn't, it just felt like a lot of fake outs to me. Yeah. Felt like a lot of just like, this person's dead. Never mind. They're coming to save the day. Oh my God. How are they getting out of this position or out of this uh, situation? Here comes the people of Freetown. Yeah. Oh, here comes Grogu. Here comes the Rancor. It's just like last minute save after last minute save. 
Um, I would have appreciated something of a little more emotional weight than just, you know, the loss and this being the Gamorrean guards. Um, and so I did like the concept of this and I thought that it was, you know, that the, the weight of the mods being pinned down by, especially she uses the word locals. Obviously they're people who are, you know, part of the Aqualish gang, but something about, you know, the person who is just working your fruit cart, pulling a gun out and turning on you is very scary. And that's some interesting storytelling. Um, yeah, I just wish yeah. that there was more there, more weight. Yeah, it didn't really interest me much. Um, and it, uh, I don't know. If anything, I was just like, just it, it, to me, it didn't feel like there was any like peril there. Cause I'm like, these are just like, this is just like locals fighting locals kind of thing. And I don't know. It's like, I don't know which side to root for on this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I feel bad for the locals cause to some degree it's like, they seem like they're probably doing what the pikes tell them cause they're scared. Yeah. I don't think they're like the bad guys, you know what I mean? And I don't necessarily, I don't, not that the mods are the, you know, bad guys either, but they're just like, it's unfortunate situation on an unfortunate situation. And that's why I was like, that's, that's where it loses me. It's like, we never really got the Pike war. Wasn't that, I don't know. It wasn't that big to me. Like, uh, when the Pikes left, the Pikes left. I don't know. It was, yeah. I mean, I think it wasn't that big in terms of weight, story weight. Yeah. And, uh, I'm beating a dead horse at this point, at this point, which is a really sick thing to do. It's a weird f- phrase if you think weird about phrase. it a lot. Um, but beating a dead Bantha. Yeah. Beating a dead Bantha. Um, it, raises some questions that had potential because you know the the mod saying these are our people we're staying here to protect them could be something interesting and you know what if they are what you're saying what if they're not part of an organized crime ring but they're they are the fruit vendor and they're being threatened by the pikes and by the ring of aqualesh gangsters and saying you better turn on these people or else we're going to kill your family or something like that. Jeez, yeah. You know, and then what does it mean when Boba Fett saying, this is my city, I want to protect these people, and, but you will have to fight the people you're trying to protect and you bring a rancor in and destroy their buildings and <laughs> have a war. I thought that was so ironic. I know. Like that's an interesting thing to start unpacking about what such does a, it mean to protect people a, when they're the enemies and you're actually causing a lot of harm. Such a but, great metaphor for the war on drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a great metaphor. You see, that has something to say to it. I wish that there was something. Literally the war on there. drugs. That's so funny. Exactly. That's a great point, Mike. And so, again, there's potential and there's things that I can, in my head, be curious about, but they just didn't answer it. And I yeah. wish that, that they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, uh, some some things that I thought were funny were the... Um, I thought it was so odd that those big... Okay, in come the bubble draw. Okay, yay, the Freeman come, and yay, they push <laughs> back the pikes. And, but now, oh no, um, droids and, you know, with uh, bubble shields on them. Yeah. And they get them pinned, like, you know, they, they, get, they can't push back any further. They're mm-hmm. in, like, the last, the last bastion of hope. So they, they hunker down. 
And I'm like, why? It seems like the walls explode everywhere, but those walls that are getting hammered, (laughs) like I couldn't help but think like we were there watching them get hammered for so long and they protected them. It was like this funny nitpick I just had of like, totally. why aren't those walls coming down? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, we've played that level on Battlefront too. It's never good to be pinned down in the archway like that. No, miss that. Do you know what's funny is I was just thinking about that game. How no one's on those servers anymore. I was like about to yeah. download it on my PC, and I was like, "Is this just a waste of space? Is anyone going to be on there?" Pretty much. Yeah. Who plays Battlefront? God, where's that guy? <laughs> yeah. This is just a video game podcast. I know, but yeah, I think you know when you're talking about the how large or how big this was, you know, in terms of weight, it also logistically. You said the free the free men coming in. What are they called? No, that that's that's a Dune, the free town. Uh, residents come in this whole time. They're saying we need an army to fight their army, but you know, a, a minivan with 10 people rolls up Yeah, and maybe again, maybe it's COVID stuff. I don't know, but yeah, nah, the logistics on COVID. Well, it could be. I mean, it's one of those things like, uh, like, I don't know if you knew this, but the latest season of Ted Lasso, whenever they're doing soccer scenes, there was no one in the crowd. All those people are digitally added because they couldn't have extras in the crowd. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, Maybe before the pandemic, they would have hired 300 extras to okay. be, you know, in the fruit stands and in the buildings. And, you know, when when the army shows up, it's literally hundreds of people from the town showing up. But, yeah, like maybe there are restrictions to literally how many people could be on set. Okay. Um, didn't didn't think about that. So it could be something like that. I'm just trying to be beneficial and not just say, you know, this is stupid. Um I so that is just the logistics of all of this stuff didn't make a lot of sense to me of just like you know how many people are on each side what are the stakes if they if they defeat these two big droids do they win or are there still other people uh I, doesn't Boba Fett have a ship why does he have to ride back on a Rancor and why does he just show up no. with the the fire strike or whatever it's called now and just blow up the droids with his huge cannons or missiles or something. It it just, the logistics seem really odd to me. And it's, you know, it, I think what they were going for, especially in the beginning with Cad Bane and Boba kind of staring each other down and people in the buildings and the little bit quieter thing was, you know, if you've seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, it ends with a familiar kind of staging. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen that movie, Mike? God, I maybe, but yeah, it's like okay, spoilers for a movie that came out like 40 years ago. But you know, it ends with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. There's a whole army of dozens and dozens and dozens of people after them, but they find one place in the town where they can kind of barricade themselves. And so it's two against you know, lots and lots and lots of people, and they have a gunfight and kind of are able to hold their own against impossible odds, but eventually get gunned down. And that's kind of the tragedy of the ending in that movie. And I think that's kind of what they were going for, where they were just like, these are impossible odds, but it's just not really spelled out what the weight is against them. And then in the end where there could have been some consequences, doesn't, and again, it doesn't have to be the death of anyone. They, it feels like they just wanted to save their toys. So everyone just gets out. Okay. They leave Cad Bane as a question mark so they can use him later. Like, they're just, it's just 
just moved them later and just kept them and nothing of consequence really happened and just odd again. Um, but I will say, I mentioned a, a Dune reference. Uh, I did like how they were talking about the kinetic shields and how you, you can't get through them. It is very clearly a slow ba- blade penetrates the shield reference. Yeah, that's true. Also, they shot that shield so many times. Like, <laughs> no, right? I, I don't know if I don't know if the blasters ever run out of ammo, but if they did, that was like such a waste. Like, or, or is there some kind of thing we don't know about that if you shield, shoot a shield X amount of times that it goes down? Because I don't know, that felt so funny and frivolous. Yeah, I don't know the actually. Uh, that's a good question. I need. I would assume so because like ship shields, they're like, oh, the the rear shields went out or something, and they have to like adjust to make up for that. So. I would assume that it's a limited resource. Um, And maybe it's just the shields on these droids are so powerful that you could take it out, but it would just take a lot of blaster fire unless you have Mm -hmm. something a little bigger. And so they were trying things, you know, the, the, the canonically, the slow blade penetrates the shield thing that was kind of spelled out in, in clone wars. There's a scene where Ahsoka is training some people and she shows with the droid decas that have the same sort of shields, the way to destroy them is you roll a thermal detonator very slowly through the shield because if it moves slowly, it can get through there and then the thermal detonator will blow up. But if you try to use any force, throw the detonator quickly or use a lightsaber or a blaster, it, it won't work. Yeah, and so sure. that, I thought that was some interesting stuff. I like too that, you know, he's taken the dark saber to it and it's even too strong for the dark saber. Um, I thought there was some interesting stuff there. And I will say, speaking to just this whole conflict that I mentioned, the people of Freetown, something that I did like was that Cad Bane's actions pushed them into the fight. You know, mm-hmm. his goal was to scare them into standing down, but by taking out um, Cobb Vanth, <laughs> that actually inspired people who were hesitant. You know, the bartender even was like, nope, not our fight when he was first talking about it. But then the fact that they took out, you know, their prettiest little sheriff, they're now upset and they are going to go and kind of shoot Cad Bane and the rest of the Pike syndicate in the foot. Yeah. Um, and so I did like that story beat. Yeah. I thought it was funny though, that Cad Bane was like, you're a killer. And Boba's like, <laughs> I'm not a killer. <laughs> then it kills him. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, I guess, guess he was right. Yeah, that's true. Also, does does Catbane have Imperial office like officer candy bars on his jumper? Yeah, well, yeah. Even the things that were beeping there at the end, I was like, are those like? Is that it looks like Vader's chest piece? Like, what is that? Yeah, like I know he has gadgets and things like that on his all over his place. You, we see it when his hat gets knocked off. He has like a metal plate on his head, and obviously the tubes and things like that. But it looked very clearly like uh, I forgot what they're called, but the the yeah. candy bars that Imperial officers have on their chest to indicate their rank. It looks yeah. like he either stole that from an Imperial officer or somehow got involved with the Imperials at, at some point and got decorated. Um, or maybe it's a coincidence. It just looks very close. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, that, that stood out to me and I don't remember if there's a canonical reason for that. Yeah. I don't remember, but I did notice it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See if we can find the answer for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. What's okay? So you're you you're you're watching as we're chat chatting. What's the what's the next big beat that happens here? We got to unpack. 
Right now, I am looking about halfway through when the droids have arrived and yeah. Boba. Dude, it goes on for his... so long. All I, I remember is it like drags that those scenes drag on so long. It went the action got pretty pretty boring for me. Yeah, um, I would not. I don't know if I'd call it successful action. I wouldn't either. But again, like I, like I pointed out in the beginning, I'm not the expert in this because that's not what I'm looking for in a story beat. Maybe some people were very much like, this was so cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that didn't necessarily work for me. Um, but the interesting things that did work for me is I did really like this moment of when the Mando is fighting the droid and Grogu shows up with Amy Sedaris. Um <laughs> You know, his, just the way he acts it of just, hey, you came, you got the shirt. Oh, it's good to see you, but we're in trouble, buddy. Like that, that really warmed my heart in a good way. And I mean, to to keep beating that dead horse because they built that connection. You know, there is gravity to that. Just the moments of like, you know what that means, that he's worried and there's peril now because his little buddy's in danger, but he's so glad to see him. Yeah. Um, that I thought was a, was a really cool moment right there. Um, and so I, I it didn't, it was very cute. I didn't like the space rickshaw, that thing. Yeah. And Amy Sedaris was a little too goofy. She, she, I felt like it was the wrong kind of humor at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like her falling and spitting out a tooth. I was just like, oof, I, 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 <laughs> I, I rolled that, uh, that, that, that one didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. The rickshaw, it's a Phantom Menace reference. Yeah. I remember. Um, like, oh, I remember uh, Anakin writing it. I remember. Yeah. I mean, this goes to the, one of the things I was saying before about fan service versus not fan service that felt like, yeah, it was just fan service. Like, is that really the best way for transport to get between cities? Like, she doesn't have another ship for someone who runs a shipyard. <laughs> um, but no, she needs to take the rickshaw over or like R2D2 can't drop them off in the X Wing or something like that. Um, Oof. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I did see the, um, <laughs> I, I mentioned it earlier, but I don't know the mod's name. The dude with the eyepiece does that cool spin move. Um, oh, yeah. Which I don't know why that's that stood out to me. you're talking about. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it felt very, it felt super um, Matrix. And he looks Matrix-like with that jacket, too. And so the spin just felt like it was the beginning of the bank, the bank vault scene. Like, like it was just, yeah. Yeah. But like in the matrix, it kind of makes sense. Oh yeah. It's cool. There's in the matrix. tons of bullets coming and he like, he like slows it down. I think if I remember the scene, right. And dodges bullets and stuff, it doesn't even look like he's dodging anything. He just looks like he's like, Hey, check this out. Um, there's another scene where Fennec Shan does a flip off a car too. And I'm just like, why'd you do that? Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like there's no reason for these story points. Um, it, it really stood out to me. I will say that I have since, um, softened my stance on it because I now remember that, uh, canonically doing a spin is a good trick. It and is. so he might just yeah, be taking a, a spin. He might be taking a pointer from Anakin Skywalker and he, he tried spinning. Cause it's a yeah. good trick. So, you maybe know, it makes, maybe it makes your hitbox smaller. Yeah. So I'm not that, that angry about it anymore. I just, it really stood out to me for a really, for a weird way. And it is a burn on my saddle and I don't know what it is. Hey, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. But we're, we're, I'm looking at the Rancor battle right now. I'm looking at, I, I that also gave me a bit of an eye roll. I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot that he had to show up riding the Rancor. I forgot that that was a thing that had to happen. 
Yeah, right. Um, I was like, dang it. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. And it just, I mean, again, story-wise, it doesn't seem to make a ton of sense. Again, it seems like he could have brought his ship. He could have probably found a more efficient way to even get the Rancor there if he wanted to. Like, yeah. And the other thing is, again, unpacking things. Like, like Easter eggs that were put down there that were never unpacked is we see the Rancor and get a little backstory. And actually, I thought that was a nice moment when he kind of bonds with it with Danny Trejo at that moment. But then we don't really see, we see its hand at the dinner table when it kind of scares people once, but that's it. We don't see any training. We don't see any bond between them. Yeah. It just seems like it's, you know, it's Chekhov's Rancor. They just introduce a Rancor in the beginning. So we know it needs to show up at the end, but it's not developed at all from a story aspect. Yeah. Um, and so I wish I would have seen a little bit more about that. And that could have been tragic too if you develop this and really see the bond between Boba and this Rancor once it gets scared and once it starts turning on the town. That's so much more tragic. Whereas now it just is, it's kind of just like a dumb, dangerous beast and you're just kind of mad at Boba Fett for being so irresponsible with pet safety. I know. Who would do that? I I know. I was a little upset. I was actually a little upset about that. Also, like, the harm coming to the Rancor and stuff like that. There's, I feel like there was a, there was a line Danny Trejo said where he's like, yeah, no, they're really sweet and smart animals. They just get bred for fighting. Yeah, that's so sad. (laughs) And then that's what he uses it for. And then I I love the town people shooting it. Because and Boba Fett's like, whoa, you're scaring it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, they don't think they're trying to scare it. They're trying to make it go away or kill it, which is yeah, funny. exactly. But yeah, I'm just fast forwarding quickly now. The only other things that I really had to bring up are, um, I mean, the Grogu stuff. That Grogu does use the Force a couple oh, yeah. times. Wants to save Din from the giant killer droid and then again to put the rancor to sleep which one obviously very cute when he cuddles up with the rancor yeah he gets a little pooped out i'm glad that even his training hasn't got him to not fall asleep because that's just too cute um but two is why didn't luke think of that of what putting putting the putting the rancor to sleep in return of the jedi uh well he was I get, hey, maybe he's he's just not an Ezra, an Ezra yeah. Bridger who has that connection. Maybe. maybe. Grogu, and Grogu has that. And I'm wondering if this is setting Grogu up for anything. Um, his mm-hmm. ability to, uh, you yeah. Know. Yeah, maybe he has some connection to, to, yeah, I, that'd be interesting to see if it is like an Ezra Bridger connection to animals thing, or is it just because we've seen a couple, like Kylo Ren put Ray to sleep. You can just kind of knock people out with the force. Yeah. So I wonder if it's setting that up too. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I would have liked to see the training scene with Luke where he's talking to Grogu. He's like, okay, in case you ever come in contact with a Rancor, <laughs> get a big bone and try to put it in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I guess that's what the frog scene was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there was some fun force stuff that was kind of nice. Um, and then, yeah, I just saw... Cad Bane gets stabbed with the gaffy stick, which mm. there's some there's some symbolism there that it is, you know, the things that it would make sense that he couldn't beat Cad Bane in a gunfight because one, Cad Bane is the quickest draw in the West, but two, 
Boba learned his moves from Cad Bane. Again, he's a mentor. He's a father figure. So Cad Bane or Boba couldn't necessarily pull out something to trick Cad. Yeah. But he pulls out his training with the the Gorfuses, the Gorfi, Gorfi. Uh, the Tuscan Raiders, and uses his gaffy stick to take out Cad Bane. And that's one thing that can surprise him because he's now grown a little bit and uh, he's implemented some things from a different mentor and a different uh, culture, which could have been something interesting there. And I, I do like the symbolism of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel so bad. I don't know, man, this yeah. ending, this was, <laughs> this was just not a good episode. I think that's, I think yeah. that's where all this is headed. I, I mean, mean, I think the only other mo- thing I had in my notes before we can get kind of the ending and what this all means and what we're, what, what might happen in the future is there's the spider shand scene, which first of all, I, the logistics of this still, again, doesn't make sense to me. I know she went off. They said something like, where's the pikes? And the guy says they're working out of like the post office or something. I don't remember. Um, and she just disappears. So she's not here in any of the fight, but then the scene later where she like Spider-Man's, yeah. from the shadows or Batman's and like hangs the mayor. Is that supposed to be days later? Is that supposed to be the same time? Is that? Oh I think, yeah. I think Passage looking at it, confusing. it's supposed to be, she's not in the fight because she's heading over there to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which makes sense, but it just, the passage of time was kind of confusing and that scene was pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, Plus time, time's confusing everywhere Yeah, on everything to be I mean, honest. It is a flat circle. Yeah. Well, oh, true. Yeah. Um, something else that uh, I had a couple of things I wanted to, uh, you know, quickly comment on more that Boba Fett at the end, walking through the streets being like, mm-hmm. you know, like the King and like people are like, you know, throwing him apples and you know, he's like, Oh, and he was like, I don't know if we're cut out for this kind of life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, once again, I do not understand your motivation. No. Like, okay, you don't like it but this is what you wanted to do because you wanted to work for no one. It's just like he, they waffle so much on him. Like, uh, I don't know if I can do this, like yeah. living the good life. And uh, which kind of leads me like the motivation thing is everything for me. They never, it just so was not set up. And that was the one thing missing. And I wish they would have played more on the Tuscan Raider thing because yeah, he uses his training at the end to, you know, pull out the whatever his staff is and take down Cad Bane and then, you know, kill him pretty brutally, which I didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, and Cad Bane baits him out with like the whole, like, uh, you know, the Pikes didn't kill the, you know, there wasn't the speeder bike gang that killed the Tuscans. It was the Pikes. Yeah. And, which again, I thought that, I thought that was a cool moment. I just want to jump in and say, I do like the strategy of him trying to get, Boba emotional and off his game. I thought that was a cool quiet moment. And it works and Boba is unhinged by it. But then Mm -hmm. like it now, once again, it makes Boba look stupid. Like he (laughs) just killed all that, that biker gang for no reason. Yeah. Like he, and what's funny is he is a killer. He just, uh, Cad Bane is right. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's not wrong about it. And so it's like, yeah, he's probably the better boss, but he's still a scary, brutal dude. Totally. And that I don't understand the motivation of the townspeople in this scene too. And I think that it 
it just feels like fairy tale ending and unearned. Like he's walking through the streets and everyone's bowing to him and they're like, have a Miller on fruit. And everyone's smiling as they're like picking out the rubble of their homes, which is like, Oh yay, We get to rebuild our home now. And just like, imagine the real life analog of like a drug war breaks out in your city and maybe the gang that is like the, the king who is anti-drugs kills all the people who are selling drugs and blows up the town. So you're technically drug free, but like your town's destroyed and there's all this death and mayhem. You're not gonna be like, Oh, thank God that guy really took care of us. He's the king. We, we deserve. Yeah. Very confusing. I'll also say a funny moment for me that I just noticed now as I'm I'm going through the the series. If you still have it open, uh, go to like 53 minutes toward the end, almost 56 minutes. There's okay. kind of the triumphant scene where Chrysanthemum has his Melleron fruit and the mods are like, oh, the Wookiee gets a melon, we don't. And it's like, ha, ah, and then they zoom out to be the triumphant like we're the gang together and there's just one random like robot rabbit droid that i have no idea where it came from i don't think it's part of the crew he's just kind of standing like hey want to hang out i'm ted (laughs) like who is this guy why is he there yeah that's confusing yeah i just watched the episode of atlanta last night if anyone's watched that show where they're hanging out at a club and someone just starts hanging out with them and no one knows who it is that's what it feels like to me yeah. Yeah. It, it's also, yeah. The end is also confusing because like, okay, so they set up that like Boba Fett is like, uh, you know, you can use the back to tank to, to Chrysanthemum. And then mm-hmm. so at the end, it's kind of like, Oh my, you know, my back to tanks being used. And I think we, as the audience go like, Oh, cause they promised it to Chrysanthemum. Yeah. And then, but I was totally expecting that to be Cad Bane in there, but then it being Cobb Vanth just, I was kind of like, who cares to some degree? I was like, I care. Okay. Oh, you care about the, you care about the actor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like, I was just like, I don't, I was like, I want that to be Cad Bane or someone who like, I care more about, like this doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and, didn't yeah, really interest we, me. and it's I, like, is this setting up another show? Cause I don't want it. If so, <laughs> like I don't want it. The, the, the one reason that I will disagree with you is because I did think of the pun Robocop. And I started going down a rabbit hole of sure. essentially turning Cobb Vanth into Robocop. And so I would watch that show a hundred percent. Okay. So there we go. Robocop. I, I'm looking up for, I'm looking forward to Robocop, the series. Yeah. Fair um, enough. But yeah, I wrote like even the even the thing the post credit sting was disappointing. Like I'm glad, you yeah. know, as someone who just likes that character and and because I like Timothy Oliphant, um, that's that's cool, I guess. I think, you know, not that I necessarily wanted it to be Kira as the post credit. I was staying. so expecting that. I was expecting that. I was that. so expecting. I was, I was like, oh, here's where we see the big Pike Syndicate leader, and it's going to be someone, like the bigger bad is going to be here. Yeah. The yeah. other thing, too, is I was thinking about it because I was like, maybe they don't want to necessarily just do the same reveal as solo where there's a big bad behind the big bad Mm -hmm. of the syndicate. But canonically, 
Um, I heard this. This is an original thought. I don't remember. I think that there was a breakdown video or something I watched, uh, maybe Nerdist, that talked about this. But canonically, in some of the Kira stories that happen, you know, she has become kind of a manipulator behind the scenes. So she might not necessarily lead the Crimson Dawn, but it might have been a cool thing to reveal that maybe she's not a crime lord, but she's the one who kind of put the Pike Syndicate and Boba Fett against each other for some reason. Or, mm. you know, she is behind the scenes. She hired Cab, like Cobb, or, or not Cobb Vanth. I keep getting them confused because they're so Cad names or so. Yeah. You know, like that would have been a cool thing to have her kind of from the shadows, you know, untangling this weird thing for whatever. And we don't know what her goals are yet. That could have been interesting, but I was very surprised that it wasn't even an allusion to that. Just, you know, here's the back to tank and here's a, here's the, I don't know, robot tattoo artist, bass player again. And okay. Cool. Also, I'm so ready for, I don't know why. I, I think it was the scene when, you know, it, um, the rancor is being ridden and we know yeah. that the, the death of Marion, you know, witches do that. I, yeah. I, I kept thinking through the show how much I wanted to oh, see the, yeah. the night, the night sisters. I mean, especially since they got name dropped in this series, I feel I like it's only a matter of time and it would be so cool to see them in live action. Yeah. Really but yeah. Um, those are my only, my only thoughts about the episode directly. I have a couple larger thoughts that I want to mention before we close up. Wow. Um, is there any, any other story points that you want to hit before we do that? No, jump in. Let's go for it. So what I did after I watched this, just because I'd never seen it and it was, actually, I enjoyed this quite a bit. And it made me, um, I'm leading to it, is I watched Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett. It's a documentary about Boba Fett. And I think it was good because one, I like I mentioned, I'm not a Boba Fett fan. I'm not someone who is that into him. And they opened the documentary with exactly what I said when we did our Boba Fett deep dive is, you know, he had three lines of dialogue and four minutes of screen time. But then they ask a question, like, what is it about this character that attracted people? And they showed so many people freaking out about Boba Fett and kind of went into that. And it made me appreciate the character a bit. And I also just love behind-the-scenes Star Star Wars things, especially OG behind-the-scenes, just seeing how they're making the costumes and the drawings. I, I found that documentary quite good. So if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. yeah, check I it like out. Yeah, I like it. Um, but it perplexed me even more because they did unpack that question and what they kept saying is there's a quote um i forgot who exactly said it but they said i feel like what made boba fett a hit with the fans is that he's a mystery and they kept saying things like less is more with boba fett and so i'm like okay then why are you doing this like you just said the reason he's interesting is less is more and he's a mystery so like maybe that's what they're going for without developing like trying not to develop his character. He's a quiet person trying to keep him a mystery, but it just, it just seems odd from the start. (laughs) It it seems like a misunderstanding of necessarily the character maybe. Um, And so, yeah, that just seemed really odd to me. Um, Yeah. I mean, he worked really well up until, you know, I, I think the first two episodes, maybe maybe three, I don't remember, mm-hmm. uh, up until basically the Tuscan Raiders die, yeah, worked really well. The show just fell apart when he wanted to take control, and 
it, without motivation really. And without, there was just that, that that's going to be like my final thought. It's just like, that's when yeah. it fell apart. I loved everything up in there. I love him being part of the Tuscan Raiders. I wish it would have embraced that Dune Fremen, you know, native people kind of, yeah. I, I, that, that was my hope. And I, it didn't happen, and it went down a route that was, you know, the, the inclusion of the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, not successful. It, successful to the degree that, like, it was the best part, and that's mm-hmm. why it wasn't successful. Like, yeah. that would have been so cool to start off Mando 3 with, all that. Um, but that being said, it was amazing to see Luke Skywalker, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But just cutting out that and getting down to the core essentials of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a better analogy than roller coaster. Cause it's, that doesn't even do it justice. Cause like even at the low points of the roller coaster, they're still fun because <laughs> you're anticipating all the good stuff that's about to come. Um, so roller coasters may be a bad analogy, but I will it's say like a roller coaster that's breaking while you're yeah. Um, I will say that I agree with you and I want to just make it clear. It's unfortunate that the roller coaster ended on a low note because that's kind of what we have to talk about as when we're unpacking this. But as a series, I did like a lot of it. We sang its praises in the first two episodes, especially Mm -hmm. of it being more of an indie movie, being slower, being more thoughtful and unpacking this character. And if they would have kept that pace and that story sense to kind of build these motivations, I think it would have been really successful, but then it, you know, started high, went low, started high again when Mando showed up and they just ignored all that stuff, then got low. It was all over the place in a weird way. Yeah. Um, I'll say one more Easter egg from the documentary, which I didn't remember. Maybe we brought this up in Rebels, but did you know that the, the eyes that Sabine has painted on her helmet were originally on Boba Fett's helmet when they made their first prototypes? I think we talked about that in the yeah. Rebels. Rebels are way early on. Yeah, it was kind of fun to see. Um, there was, because he, for those of you who don't know, both had actually, his first appearance was at like a county fair yeah, in right. George Lucas's hometown, yeah. which is insane. Just they walking talk down about the street it. in white, yeah. Yeah, it's, they, they had just a county fair and they used the actual Darth Vader costume from the movies and put someone in there to be in a parade. And then they unveiled this prototype costume for Boba Fett for a character no one's ever seen before any of the movies, before the holiday special, all in white. That's it, a wild move. But he yeah. had the Sabine eyes painted on that uh, on that version of the helmet. And I thought that yeah. was kind of a cool thing to see. I think people thought it was almost like a super stormtrooper to some degree. Yeah, that was a that was his original plan was he wanted to make some super stormtroopers, but then he kind of became so cool that they detached it as a standalone character. Yeah. So, yeah. again, check out the documentary. I think it was cool. Um, but those are all my real thoughts about um, about this episode. Um, if you'll allow me, I do have two kind of quick thoughts about something we talked about last week. If we want to revisit kind of the corrections department, like we did last week. Sure. Yeah. But I, I don't want to jump there. If you have any more, uh, any well, more I'm episode done. thoughts, I'm done. I'm ready to okay. wrap this, this show up. So these aren't really corrections. I just want to bring these questions up. I think you brought up, um, the attachment question from Luke and I kind of went back and forth about that. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot. I think that was a great point for you to, to bring up is, you know, why, is Luke so, you know, scared of attachments and why hasn't he gotten past that? It's kind of been uneven in his storytelling. 
And something that I thought about that I thought was really interesting is the fact that Ahsoka is there. And we talked about that, that Ahsoka has firsthand stories of his dad. You know, they are probably sit around the fire and Ahsoka is like, yeah, this happened and this happened. And the cool thing about that is you get to really see the good in Anakin. You know, Luke always believed there was good in Anakin, but Ahsoka gets to tell him about the actual things that she saw and experienced where Anakin was good. And I think that's a really cool thing. The other thing that they're probably talking about is how he fell. And so she saw what happened when he was attached and scared of losing that attachment. She has firsthand stories of that horror. And so I wonder if that's also building up this, along with Luke being uneasy as a teacher, I wonder if learning more about his father is making him so much like, oh no, we got to get back to the dogma. I got to protect this. I got to save this. I got to, blah, blah, blah. you know, he's probably coming from a sense of fear, which again is where the dark grows. And that might be uh, thematically leading to the fall of his temple in a lot of ways, because that fear of attachment with Ben almost sabotages himself. And so I just thought about that a little bit and thought it was kind of an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I think it's, I think it is interesting. I think ultimately the issue there is that whatever the truth is lives in Dave Filoni's head. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. And it's, it just comes across sloppy here to me. And yeah, they're going to explain, they'll explain it in a, a way and some, somehow, but I just, I found it placed in the wrong, the wrong moment of Luke's arc for it to be, you know, I don't know, yeah. or may, maybe it's setting up the, the issues of the Academy. I, I don't know, but it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel intentional it feels more like a uh, a mechanism to to force a story uh, like a plot point than like yeah. a thought it's then like a very thoughtful like oh well the characters analyze well like how will this be analyzed in story in terms of luke's arc it feel more it, it feels more to the benefit of grogu's arc than luke's yeah. um and i'm sure you know if you brought that up someone in the story group would explain it away but i think that's part of the problem with dealing with a character who's, you know, 30 plus years old in, yeah. in, in, in the zeitgeist of our culture. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder what the technical limits are. Maybe they'll unpack some of that in the Ahsoka series or in a book or a comic or something like that. But after we talked, more came out about how they actually did this and actually have conflicted feelings about it. But evidently the dialogue was all kind of AI and machine learning stuff. And so they might be limited on how much they can use the Luke robot essentially. Um, and so I don't know if we'll ever get the scene of them actually sitting around the fire and unpacking that and, or if they could technically do it, but that would be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, and I want to ask this because I don't remember. Um, I don't remember if they ever talked about whether Grogu was with the empire at one point and then he escaped. And so that's when, there, you know, Mando season one starts and they hire a bounty hunter to find him. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened, but we we're asking who rescued Grogu. I'm wondering, does he have to have been rescued? Because you see in that flashback, the stormtrooper or the, the clone troopers are shooting all the Jedi and they're pretty brutal. And then they notice Grogu. 
Maybe he's in the arms of a Jedi because they seem like they want to catch him and they point and chase after him. If it was just a Jedi and they're just trying to kill him, like why didn't they just start shooting? And so we know that Palpatine was stealing force babies. We see, we see that storyline in Clone Wars and Rebels. So I wonder if they were kind of given an order to say, kill all the Jedi, except for if you see a really young baby, then take them because I want to steal their force powers. And so maybe he got captured by the Empire at that moment and started his life. In a, that's why that's all been blacked out. He doesn't have memory of it because he started his life captured by Imperials. And then after a couple of years, he got out. And that's when the when Mando was hired to kind of get him. But yeah, I hadn't really heard that theory or anything floating. We didn't talk about it. So I just thought it was an interesting thing. If you know something canonically that blows out of the water, hit us up because I'd like to know more about that. But that's basically all I had, Mike. This was Boba Fett in a nutshell, I guess. Um, let's wrap this up and tell the people we did hear that Obi-Wan is coming out May 25th. So we will be going into that. We might be taking a little bit of a break between those things, but we'll try to jump on for some bonus episodes. Um, and I'm excited to stay with that. I know you're stoked for Obi-Wan and we're going back to Tatooine. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited for Other that. Other than that. Yeah, I'm excited for that and excited to, you know, we'll probably drop some bonus episodes here and there. Maybe another reflection on Boba Fett. If any big Star Wars news comes out in the meantime, we'll chat about it, but we'll probably not be doing any like, Big episodes until Obi-Wan. Yeah. You don't want to watch more Star Trek, Mike? I do. I, I just don't want to do a podcast uh, about it. <laughs> totally fair. I just I don't get, have enough thoughts. I get that. Totally fair. So I'll do if, an Overwatch 2 podcast. Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's do that. If you want to play Overwatch 2 with us or you know anything that blows my Grogu theory out of the water or just want to email us a haiku or your thoughts about the series you can email us at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com or message us on instagram or twitter at rebelsrebelspod um until then yes you can find will. us on uh instagram and twitter at rebelsrebelspod and you can email the show like peter said at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com yeah i just said that i know just reiterating because i yeah. do it well aren't you the quack to calling the stiffling slimy mike see you next time bye <laughs>